Hi everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome to Top of the Morning on the UBS Market Moves podcast channel. We are joined again by Danny Kessler for the Weekend Review Preview Conversation. Danny Kessler is an asset allocation strategist for the Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. Danny, welcome back to Top of the Morning. Thank you for dropping by to spend some time with our listeners, our clients, and looking forward to our conversation. Thank you for having me on, Dan. It's my pleasure. So, Danny, thinking back to to the past couple of days, all eyes have been on these key inflation prints for the month of July. They did take investors by surprise as well as move markets. So, Danny, what did the data reveal and how have investors been responding to it? Indeed, Dan. All the eyes of market participants were on the consumer price inflation or CPI print on Wednesday. So as we all know, inflation has been rampantly high throughout the year and has become the biggest focus of financial markets. Um, in June, year-over-year headline inflation reached another intra-year high of 9.1%. So coming into this CPI print, investors were hoping to see inflation having reached its peak last month, and they were met with good news. Headline year-over-year inflation came in at 8.5%, with the month-over-month reading actually flat at 0%. These readings were below consensus expectations of 8.7% and 0.2%, respectively. And they actually marked the first time in 17 months, so since February of 2021, that the print came in lower than consensus forecasts. So digging a little further into the details, year-over-year and month-over-month core CPI came in at 5.9% and 0.3% respectively, again, both below consensus of 6.1% and 0.5%. Food and energy, which are the two main differences between headline and core CPI, have been major contributors to inflation this year. Food prices continued to rise rapidly last month at a clip of 1.1% month over month, while energy prices, on the other hand, saw a reversal of the upward trend, falling 7.7%. Car and truck rentals and airfare also fell at 9.5% and 7.8%, respectively. The biggest contributor to inflation was shelter, rising by 0.5%, down slightly from previous months, but still high. Shelter inflation is a lagging indicator, and it may yet take some time for this one to normalize. So markets reacted very positively to the news, as one might expect, with the S&P 500 jumping 2.1% and trading on Wednesday. The U.S. 10-year rate fell close to 14 basis points from 2.81% to 2.67% when news broke for the CPI print, before recovering back to 2.78% to close on Wednesday. It did jump 11 basis points in Thursday's trading. The two-year rate saw similar moves on Wednesday, falling 18 basis points initially on the CPI news before recovering 13 basis points throughout the day. Thursday saw more muted moves for the two-year, climbing only a couple of basis points. Well, the green on the screen has been good to see considering how volatile conditions have been over the course of this year. And considering these softer than expected prints, Danny, has there been any indication from the Fed as to how monetary policy might progress from here? So unfortunately, the Fed and other major, major central banks have essentially abandoned forward guidance. Uh, For now, the Fed has reiterated its commitment to bringing inflation under control and remains data-dependent from month-to-month in its decision-making process. Markets are currently pricing in about an even probability of a 50-basis-point hike and a 75-basis-point hike at the September meeting. 
with an additional 60 basis points of hikes before year end. Our view is that the Fed is likely to hike 50 basis points at the September meeting with two more 25 basis point hikes to finish the year. In order for the Fed to feel comfortable with inflation, they will likely want to see consistent month over month increases of core inflation at or below 0.2%. They also want to see the labor market cooling off before they consider pausing the rate hiking cycle. The Jackson Hole Economic Symposium is occurring from August 25th to August 27th, and we may get more guidance from the Fed then. The next big event around inflation will be the release of the July Personal Consumption Expenditure Inflation Print, which comes during the Jackson Hole Summit. As a reminder, PCE is the Fed's preferred measure of inflation. The gap between CPI and PCE has been unusually wide recently, and looking at some of the details and the data out this week, we expect core PCE to show a rise of only 0.1% month over month, which would be welcome news for the Fed. Well, thank you, Danny, for helping us to manage expectations with respect to monetary policy going forward. And it will be interesting to see if anything comes out of the Jackson Hole Symposium. Outside of data points, I know we're in the late stages of the Q2 corporate reporting season for companies. Overall, Danny, how have the results looked relative to CIO's expectations heading into the the earnings season. Yeah, so Q2 reporting season is indeed almost over, Dan, with almost 90% of the S&P 500 companies having reported so far. Results have come in mostly better than expected, improving as earnings season has progressed. 69% of companies have beat sales estimates, while 73% have beat earnings estimates. Aggregate earnings beats for the S&P 500 have come in above expected at a strong 6%, with aggregate sales beats at 4.3% for the quarter. This is better than the 3 to 4% earnings beat rate we were expecting at the beginning of earnings season. As our equities team has mentioned, the energy sector has contributed an outsized amount to earnings beats, with aggregate beats for the sector coming in at a whopping 25%. Still, the S&P 500 has fared well even outside the sector, with aggregate beats X energy at 3.4%. And then if you exclude the financial sector, aggregate earnings beats have come in at 6.7% for the quarter. So looking with a little bit of a finer lens at what is driving earnings beats, consumer spending is proving to be resilient, although there has been a clear shift away from housing and discretionary items, such as apparel and PCs, into travel, energy, and food. A stronger U.S. dollar remains a headwind, but sectors with a large share of overseas earnings, especially healthcare and technology, are managing through and adjusting guidance appropriately. We maintain our EPS estimates of $227 and $235 for 2022 and 2023, respectively. Thank you, Danny, and some encouraging takeaways there from the earnings season. So if we turn focus now to the week ahead, what will be taking place that you feel investors should be mindful of? Yeah, so one note before we turn to the week ahead, Dan, is that the the University of Michigan sentiment and inflation expectations readings come out in a little under an hour at at 10 a.m. today, which will provide a barometer on consumers' outlook on inflation and the economy. Um, But then turning ahead to next week, the biggest economic data release is retail sales, which will provide more insight into the resilience of consumer spending in the face of higher inflation and slower growth. Manufacturing output fell in May and June, so we'll watch to see if that trend continued in July. Additionally, there are a couple of surveys with the Empire Manufacturing and 
Philadelphia Fed Business Outlook survey releases. And then lastly, for economic data, we get plenty of data points on housing and construction with building permits, housing starts, existing home sales, and the NAHB Housing Market Index. Turning to earnings, we do still have a little bit of the S&P 500 left to report over the next couple of weeks. So this coming week sees results mostly from the consumer sectors with big names reporting, including Walmart, Home Depot, Target, Lowe's, and Cisco Systems. As I mentioned before, there are a couple of big economic events coming in the week after next with the Jackson Hole Economic Symposium and the PCE inflation release. So investors will certainly have their eyes set on those. Well, it does sound like a busy week ahead. We do have some more earnings coming up, as you pointed out, key data points, in particular housing. So, Danny, thank you again for dropping by top of the morning today, spending some time with our listeners, our clients, recapping the week that was, and for previewing the week ahead. Wish you a nice weekend, Danny, and looking forward to continuing with our conversation soon. Yeah, thank you, Dan. My pleasure, and uh, have a great weekend. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the Global Wealth Management Business of UBS AG or its affiliate, UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at UBS.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at UBS.com forward slash CIO disclaimer.